With ease, Miguel Aziz, his first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow, into the box, Smithrow scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town Colours. Just a few days before the January transfer window, Arsenal are back. Club football is back at the highest levels and at the lowest levels. Everything that we've missed about football is back. The World Cup was great, but the way Arsenal are playing, it was just so fun to see them again on the pitch. And it's a stressful match, but a fun one. The Hell End boys showing out. Saka, Eddie and Kedia both nabbing a goal. What a match. And it's great to be back with all of our players, or almost all of our players, returning to action. Some potential recalls coming up in the next couple days as the January transfer window opens. Some potential other loan moves that might happen. But let's kick it off with the things that we do know before we get to the hypotheticals. And the thing we know right away is Charlie Patino played a little bit of a different role this week in a 1-1 draw with Hull City in which he played the entire match. They did go down to 10 men in the 53rd minute, but the key to this story is Charlie Patino playing at the base of midfield, which a lot of people on Twitter have kind of been clamoring for. I'm not sure. It's something I enjoyed watching quite as much. It really restricted his progressive play and some of the best aspects of his game, but he did put a shift in. He did have a very solid match in a position he's a little bit unfamiliar to, especially at the senior level. Uh, Kenny Dougal was out for this match on the bench, clearly not fully fit. Uh, upon returning uh, to you know full game weeks, week in and week out, a little bit different than training and, and being off for six weeks. But Patino played at the base of that midfield, 20 of 45 passing, 7 of 10 ground duels won, 3 of 5 aerial duels won. Clearly not afraid of the physical components uh, of playing in that role. He was fouled four times while on the ball. He made three interceptions and three tackles. He didn't shy away from it. It was a great performance from Charlie Patino, and he popped up all over the pitch, especially when they went down to 10 men, making sure to solidify that defense. And also, he actually acted as an outlet a few times and should have had an assist after picking the ball up on the right wing, made a great ball in to Carey, who got in on a one-on-one with the goalkeeper but fired it right out of at him. Could have put Blackpool up 2-0, which would have been huge. Uh, unfortunately, did not happen for them or for Charlie, but a great performance from him again as I said in a position he's not used to playing at this level he's used to playing as a left-sided eight we'll see how he's used moving forward you know I'd prefer for him to be playing a little bit more advanced we didn't get to see nearly the same stuff that we've seen from Charlie Patino all year we didn't get to see some of those cross field passes uh, that have opened up the play we didn't get to see him make some of those crosses into the box from the half space we didn't get to see him playing some balls into the channel uh, for Yates and other attacking players But he did do some amazing things physically uh, off the ball. He needs to impose himself a little bit more uh, in terms of getting into the passing lanes, but he'll learn that if this is where they're going to play him. Again, would like to see him playing as a left-sided eight, but it's a good experience. And the thing we were most scared of, his physicality and his defensive intuitions were not exposed. And in fact, they showed that he really has those skills. So an overall very good performance from Charlie Patino. And I'm excited to see where he's played in the next match. As I mentioned, top flight football is back and it's coming back. People are still getting back into it. Fuller and Balgoon will finally be back on the pitch on Thursday uh, as Rems play Stade Ron, uh, who currently sit third with a goal differential of plus 17. So it'll be 
a very, very hard matchup for Balgoon and the likes of that squad, but excited to see him back on the pitch. I know he's excited to be back on the pitch. He's done quite a few interviews over the last few weeks about how much he's enjoying his time there and enjoying playing football in France, and you just have to hope that the time off has not taken him out of that excellent form that he was in. Uh, in other good news, Marcelo Flores' injury that we discussed last time, clearly not that big of a deal. As I mentioned, he did return to training, so we didn't think it was a big deal, but good to confirm that. He was back in action, playing 29 minutes in a 1-0 win over Granada in the Copa del Rey. Huge win for Oviedo. Granada, obviously a team that was in La Liga last year. A few years ago, they were in the quarterfinals in Europa League. We're talking in 2019-20, they were a Europa League quarterfinals team. And Marcelo Flores got the experience of playing against them in the Copa del Rey and beating them, uh, advancing to the next round. You know, he didn't get on the ball a lot. They were seeing out a victory against a better side, but he did some interesting things. 204 passing. Uh, he had a shot off target and a block shot. He uh, was one of one on both aerial and ground duels, was fouled once, and had two interceptions. So he really did his job, put a shift in. He worked very hard defensively, uh, got in his own box. Going up for aerial duels, uh, clearing the ball out a few times, getting in some passing lanes, really tracking the ball well and tracking his man on that left wing as they were attacking on their right side. Uh, he should have had a better scoring chance later in the match. He had kind of a poor first touch on a ball that fell kindly to him, and then he tried to cut in and rip a shot, but it was unfortunately blocked. Good to see him finding those spaces, naturally getting onto the ball. He looked a lot more confident and comfortable than I've seen over the last few weeks. Uh, he actually got to take a free kick from 35 yards out late in the match that went flying over the bar, but it's good to see this manager trust him, wants to utilize him and play him in positions and roles that he's comfortable with, uh, and I'm hoping to see him getting some starts soon. I think that's likely to happen. I don't think he'll get recalled or move somewhere else. I think he's going to have a nice second half with Oviedo and really settle in uh, with this new manager who has them playing some better football, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Staying in Spain, Miguel Aziz and Ibiza also had a Copa del Rey match. Aziz was on the bench. It was for a 3-2 loss uh, to Sueta. So he and Ibiza are out of the Copa del Rey. We hope to see him back in action in La Liga 2 as soon as possible. They've had a very poor season, Ibiza, which is not ideal for Aziz, but the playing time is what's key. Uh, speaking of playing time, I mentioned last week, Brooke Norton Cuffey at Rotherham and the manager being more careful with him and his minutes and, and making sure not to tire him out too much. He was not selected at all for Rotherham's 2-2 draw with Stoke City. Did not make the bench. He did not make the starting 11. Seems like it was just a rest day, as I was mentioning. Uh, but something to take note of, something to keep an eye on. The, the manager has lauded Brooke and Cuffey for being one of their best players, offensively and defensively. So I'd have to imagine there's nothing more to it. Uh, he was in an interview recently asked if he was going to get recalled to Arsenal with the rumors of Cedric going, getting potentially sold to Fulham. I don't think any of that's going to happen. Again, very unusual to recall a player from loan when they're having a good spell. You don't want to break their confidence. You don't want to stop their progression. I think this was just a rest day for Norton Cuffey. As they get back in the swing of things, same thing that maybe kind of happened for Kenny Dougal, who didn't play. Patino was put in a different position. Rotherham ended up in a 2-2 draw with Stoke, in which Harry Clark featured for the other side. Uh, played the final 16 minutes for Stoke in that draw, and he was excellent. And, you know, I was watching this match. Um, I watched the second half. I didn't watch the first half because I assumed Harry Clark would come on at some point. And I was actually thinking to myself, Harry Clark's best performances this season and oftentimes last year for Hibbs was when he played as a substitute. He came in and added a different dimension, and he did that here. Uh, he was 6 of 10 passing, made a key pass, uh, a successful cross and made two successful dribbles and he made an excellent 
excellent run down the wing uh, in the dying moments, receiving the ball in his own third, kind of dragging the defender inside only to then use his pace and fresh legs to beat him down the wing, played a 1-2, received the ball back in the final third, made an excellent cross to the back post, um, which his attacker made, you know, he made a good header, made a good shot on goal. Goalie got across to it fast, made a great save. Uh, but a lot of his best interactions have been as a sub when he has fresh legs. Because he is so aggressive, because he kind of is so ruckus and adds this element of chaos to the match. And when you're chasing a match, that's really a special thing to have. So it's interesting to see. Uh, you know, Harry Clark, we've never doubted his ability going forward. He didn't have to do a lot of defending here as Rotherham we're trying to see out a 2-1 victory. Unfortunately, ended in a 2-2 draw for them. But an interesting thing to note. But someone who actually wasn't used as a sub and mostly has been recently is Mazid Agungbo, who got back into the starting lineup, played 61 minutes kind of as a left wing back against Sutton United in a 2-1 loss uh, for Crawley Town. Unfortunate to lose. Had an excellent first half in this match, Agungbo. Um, overall, his stats were great. 15 of 24 passing. He was one of one on long balls. He was a completed a cross. He won 10 duels. Seven of those duels were in the first half that he won. Four tackles made and six clearances. He really popped up in a lot of interesting areas on the pitch. We've seen him have his best performances for Crawley Town as a left back, which to me was a little bit surprising. I actually thought the way I saw him playing in the academy last year that he was more of a left center back in a back five. I thought that's where he succeeded in those areas. Uh, he could dribble out from the back as you like center backs to do in those positions often. But for Crawley Town, he's really been done well as a left back. He's been a really useful outlet for them. He's been really successful in duels. After that first month where he was kind of timid, he's been really successful in duels. He's been really successful playing long balls into the channels and completing crosses and creating opportunities. So I think Agungbo's probably played his way back into the starting lineup uh, as that left wing back position continues to kind of evolve for this team since Kevin Betsy has left. And it's become a much more attack-focused position, although Agungbo did have a good game defensively. Uh, it was interesting to see, and I, I hope he's able to stay in the starting lineup. Speaking of starting lineups, and after my whole spiel about how it's going to be hard for Tim Akinola to get into the starting lineup because of all the things the manager said about how it would be hard for him to get into the starting lineup, he got into the starting lineup and played 75 minutes in a 2-1 win over Scunthrope for Chesterfield, which was huge for him, for the side. He can get in the starting lineup, and they win. And with all the manager's comments about how when they're winning, he doesn't want to change the lineup. So then Tim Akinola better stay in the starting lineup. And it's so obvious why the fans have been clamoring for it. He is the fastest and most athletic player on the pitch in every match I've seen for them. I haven't watched all their matches. They're not all easy to find. Um, and when I don't, I watch an extended highlight tape, 10, 12, 15 minutes, whatever I can find, different clips. Tim Akinola is an athletic demon. And that's always been clear. And one of the main reasons that Arsenal brought him in when he had kind of bounced around a lot of youth clubs and a lot of different youth setups. He offers something very unique. Uh, he's not the most technically gifted, but that burst of pace in center midfield along with his excellent defensive contributions is really an interesting thing to watch and, and something that not a lot of teams have and a reason why Chesterfield want him around. He's able to cover a lot of ground. And it's not just defensively. He had a very nice 1-2 he played in the right half space. Uh, to set up a key pass and a shot on tar uh, just off of target uh, from an interesting position inside the box. But Akinola played excellently. He is a fan favorite. He works hard. And I would expect him to stay in the starting lineup moving forward. Uh, Mika Biareth got some minutes for Walwick in a friendly against Roma. Played the final 30 minutes in a 3-0 loss. He did win a penalty in the 75th minute. Uh, his teammate did not score from it. But Biareth 
it's interesting. I read that article, I think, I don't know if I talked about it on here or if it was just on my Twitter page, but about how he really learned a lot about how to pin defenders from going up against Gabriel in first team training with Arsenal and how that changed his perspective and changed his thought process on how best to do that. And in the little bits and pieces we've seen mostly in friendlies from Mika Biarreth with Walwick, he has shown that he's able to do that at the senior level. That's how he won the penalty. And when play resumes on January 7th for Walwick, I'd really like to see Mika Biarreth get a strong run in the team. He offers a different dynamic for them and one that I think they need. It's interesting as a power sub. I actually do think he can do a lot as that, but I'd like to see him get you know more first-team action. Staying in the Netherlands, Nikolai Moller and Den Bosch do not play again until January 6th, so we have no update there on anything that's going on there. Uh, Ryan Alabiosu was on the bench for the 2-2 draw with Motherwell, but then didn't make the squad for a 2-1 win over Aberdeen. Not sure what's going on there. There's no report of injury, potential rest. Uh, he's had some niggling hamstring and groin and other muscle injuries throughout the season, so there's a potential for that being part of it. Uh, but we'll keep you posted on that. Tyrese John Jewell still out injured. Salah Adinu Ladem Hand still out injured. Manager said it could be a while. Really sad situation there after what looked like would be a great loan move for him. Alex Kirk still out at least probably another month if I had to guess. Rumors of him coming back in January. Originally the prognosis was more like March. So my guess is at least another month. Uh, Omar Rekik, we will have to see what happens when the new year hits. If he's recalled immediately, if a couple weeks goes by in January with Rotterdam before anything happens... Will be interesting to see. And with our goalkeepers who continue to impress, we had two of them keep a clean sheet. Tom Smith kept a clean sheet against Southend United in a 1-0 win on Boxing Day. Made a great save coming out in a 1v1. Got a hand up to a shot attempted over his head, which we've said a lot. He's been great in 1v1s, closing down angles and anticipating shots. Really, really been good at that for Bromley. Excellent performance from him, seeing a clean sheet through. Oviedja here, he kept a clean sheet in a 2-1 win over Braintree Town and won man of the match. He has been their player of the season. I've seen some speculation. His loan period technically ends January 1. There's no world in which he doesn't go back there. I would be shocked. He's having such a good you know, spell of it. The only thing I could see is if Arsenal think he's so good, this is no longer useful for him to be at a club in this division and he can go play in league football. If he can get a League 2 loan for the second half of the year or that's the only way I could see it, but when his confidence is this high, and he, I would be shocked. I truly would be. Uh, Ejiheri made a superb save early on from a hard shot uh, inside the box towards the top corner, got a hand to it over the bar, then made an extraordinary reactionary save from within 10 yards on a hard shot that was... The ball kind of fell to an attacker after a couple, you know, caroms around the box, and a great reactionary save. Ejiheri's best quality this year has been his reactionary saves. Um, he just has been able to get hands up and body in the right position oh so often. Uh, and then he made a great save with the player, clean and on goal, who fired a hard and low shot to the far post in the second half, but Edgy here, he got a hand to it and saw out the clean sheet. In league football, Arthur Okonkwo played one of his best matches. It was a 2-0 loss to Stockport County, but Okonkwo was seriously excellent. Uh, he's really improved over the last few months. His positioning, his awareness, uh, his, his shot stopping, obviously the penalty saves have been great, but this was another great match for him. He made seven saves, five of those on shots from inside the box, and a punch on a cross coming in. 23 of 44 passing, 10 of 31 on long balls. Uh, meaning he completed all of his passes um, within, you know, 20 yards. 
Uh, he early on, he made a great save on a low shot, fired from just a few yards away, got down quickly, covered his near and far post with his massive frame and excellent positioning, did the same just a few moments later from a very similar position. They were getting absolutely killed down the right side of the fence. And I will touch on that more later about crew. But their right side of the fence was getting throttled the entire match. Uh, a bouncing shot was fired from about 12 yards out, and Aconquo got just enough to tip it just wide of the post and force a corner kick. Uh, all in the first half this happened. In the second half, the first goal was... You know, I'm going to say it was somewhat his fault. I'm not going to be biased here. It was somewhat his fault. He had some indecision on whether to come out towards a player, again, driving towards him on his right side. Uh, I mean, I don't know what was going on between the right back and right center back in this match. But meanwhile, it didn't much affect it. The player went all the way to the byline and played across to a player's wide open at the back post. There's two defenders just standing in the box not marking him. I don't know what was going on. So there wasn't really anything he could have done to save this goal. Maybe if he had come out immediately on the player driving in, something else would have happened. But there's nothing to say that the guy still wouldn't have made the cross to the wide open player at the back post. Second goal was an unmarked player at the back post off of a corner kick. Nothing Oconquo could have done there. Uh, he did well later in the final moments to get down to another hard bouncing shot from outside the box uh, and make a save that his defender then cleared. But truly, truly, this was one of the worst defensive efforts I've ever seen from any side, especially by crew. Their right side was just getting killed the entire match. Everything came from there. The manager never made a change to make something better there to sure up that side of the fence. A disastrous performance for them uh, and a deserved loss, truly. Uh, and then with January coming up, there's obviously the chance of more than just these 18 players going out on loan. Uh, and I'm going to cover a couple of those players that we could see that happen for. First and foremost is a player who I've spoken about a lot uh, on my Twitter account, not on here, never been on loan, but someone who I think is one of the biggest center back prospects out of Arsenal's academy in the last 20 years, and that is Zach Awe. His elegance on the ball is magical. It is spectacular, and I think that his passing range, his ability to use both feet, his athleticism, his physique, he has all the tools that if crafted correctly, could make him a top center back at some point in the next five years. And I hope it's at Arsenal. He's played 15 matches so far this year, finally returned to fitness after what was a little bit of an unfortunate spell last year of going in and out of being healthy, and he's been excellent. He truly has been excellent, making 15 appearances, scoring a goal. He's great in the air, and this could be a good time for him to get a little bit of a loan spell. If he could go somewhere for six months, probably in League Two, similar to what Brooke Norton Cuffey did last year, and get a really good spell in and play consistently week in and week out in a team that needs a little bit of help there, someone where he can partner with a no, more no-nonsense type center back, someone like Taylor Foran, who he has partnered with so well over the years in the academy, I think Zach Law could have a really good time somewhere else for the next six months and really progress his game and, and see where he needs to grow. He's not a complete product. He's nowhere near as co complete as Brooke Norton Cuffey was when he went out last year. He reminds me a lot more of Ryan Alabioso when he went out last year, which is showed some really amazing flashes and okay, let's see what we've got here in senior football because it's clear what he can do at the youth level. And yes, he makes a mistake here and there. I'd like to see what happens when he makes those mistakes at the senior level. I think that would be a good test for him and an interesting period uh, over the next six months for him to see if he can get himself in a place where he can go on a championship or League One loan next year or go to Scotland on a loan, something like that. Go and play for uh, a club in the premiership in Scotland. So 
He would be my first choice to go out on loan in January amongst the youth players who have made quite an impact so far this year. Number two on that list, and really we're talking 1A and 1B, is Catalan Sirjan, who we know Arteta is a huge fan of. We know everybody who's watched him play at any coaching level is a huge fan of. And somebody who has been in the Europa League squad four times. He has played eight matches for the Youth Academy and scored a goal. He has been excellent. He's finally healthy for the first time in 18 months. And it would be really interesting to see him play in senior football because he's kind of a true number 10, which doesn't exist anymore. And so he's going to have to adapt that a little bit if he wants to be an advanced eight, a two-way eight, potentially. He's really grown physically, both in terms of strength and height. And he's been really good at this level. He has really added a goal threat both as a producer of goals and as a goal scorer himself. He gets himself into dangerous positions. He's a smart player. He's really intelligent, both on and off the ball. He kind of has all the tools of someone who's ready for senior football. It's just a matter of his game will translate. And he would have to find the right place. I don't think it would be easy for him to play in League 2 because he needs technically secure players around him. And we've seen this with center midfielders in the past. But I do think it would be a good experience for him I do think he's not quite up to the level of playing for Arsenal in the Europa League. Like, we're going to have to mix up the lineups somewhat somewhat, and see the squad be a little bit different for the midweek games over the next six months. There's so many matches. Is that likely to be Sirjan? I know he's been in the squad four times, but I think the likes of Mario Cozier-Dewberry, Kayon Edwards, are, are guys that are more likely to get into the squad and make a difference. I don't think it'll be Sirjan. I think if he didn't get a match in the group stage, he's not going to get a match in the knockout round. So I think a lone move could be interesting for him. Uh, he's 20 years old already. He's not a kid. I mean, he's a kid, but he's not a teenager. I think a lone move would be good for him. And next year, I'd like to see him go out in a full year loan to a similar position where if he can do well enough this year, he can find himself in the championship and see how he can impose himself there. So he would be my number two on the list of players who could potentially go on loan. The other two guys are... Two guys who have been in the academy for a long time, whose futures, crazily enough, have not been figured out quite yet, Uh, and the obvious answers, who are Matt Smith and Ben Cotterill. Matt Smith has been in the senior squad seven times this year and has not gotten a minute, which I I truly do feel for him. The kid has worked his fucking ass off with, you know, excuse my French, but he really has worked his ass off at every level of the game, both in senior football and youth football, and he just hasn't been able to get into the side for multiple different reasons. But I do feel for him. He's made 12 youth appearances, making a goal and an assist. He's been the captain for the youth side. He is the leader of of those boys. He is. He is truly the leader in that group. And it's crazy his future hasn't been figured out yet. I mean, a lone move would be great because, you know, it can maybe set him up for success in the future, likely to leave somewhere on a free this summer. Surprise, he didn't do it last summer. Uh, But I I would expect him to want to push for that and to be at senior football. I mean, to play youth football for him at this point doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He's played so much senior football. But obviously the right move just hadn't come in the summer. And this is where we are. But I would expect him to figure something out, whether it's what he's going to do in June when the transfer window opens then or to do something now. Uh, And then the other would be Ben Cotterill, who is finally healthy. Uh, Again, a player who has suffered a lot, a lot with injuries. Um... And, you know, he's 21 years old. He either needs a loan or to move away. His future obviously doesn't lie at Arsenal. He has made, you know, a senior appearance for Arsenal in the Europa League a few years ago, if you recall. 
He scored this season in his return to full fitness, and hopefully he stays fit. And again, he's another player like Matt Smith. He's worked his ass off. Luckily for him, he did get an Arsenal appearance with the senior team under his belt. But it just feels like for his own future and for what's best for himself, a lone move or permanent move away as soon as possible is probably what's best for him. Again, I don't know if it's likely because of the questions of his fitness for something to happen this January, but it's something that would make sense in the grand scheme of things. Those are the four guys, though. Uh, Zach Gaw, Catalan Sirjan, Matt Smith, and Ben Cotterill, who I think makes sense to go out on loan this coming January. But of course... It was surprising to see Norton Cuffey and Albiosu go out on loan last year. It was We were all surprised a little bit by that. You know, could we see a Lino Sousa or a Rule Walters go out on loan? Could we see a, a Mario Cozier Dewberry go out on loan? I would say maybe, the third being the least likely. But again, I, I mean, Lino Sousa, maybe. If Arteta thinks to himself, maybe Lino Sousa could somehow make the first team next year if we move on from Nuno Tavares, if we move on from Kieran Tierney. I mean, again, I think that's all very unlikely. I'm just speculating at the mere potential of other players who go out on loan. But the four that I mentioned would make the most sense to me. Zach Awe, Catalan Sirjan, Matt Smith, and Ben Cotterell. Those four would make the most sense to me in terms of going out on loan. Rule Walters, maybe. Because he's got that first-team experience in the preseason, Maybe. But again, I think it's those four players. But we will have to see. This is mere speculation. We never know what's going to happen. January will be an exciting time for both the first team, the youth squad, our lone players, potentially transfers, all sorts of different ways, potential recalls, whatever it might be. Looking forward to it. We will cover it all here. And thank you all so much for listening. And I will see you again next week. Please let me know if there are any questions that you have that I can answer because I'd be glad to.